You're listening to The PaveCast, a podcast from Partners for Automated Vehicle Education to illuminate the world of AV technology. Learn about PAVE and its mission by visiting www.pavecampaign.org. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining The PaveCast. My name is Tara Andringa, and I'm the Executive Director of PAVE. We are so honored today to have Shai Shlev Schwartz from Mobileye joining us. Um, we are here at CES. Thanks so much. Uh, hello. Excited to to have this conversation. Um, so I attended a press conference yesterday that your CEO, Amnon Shushua, um, hosted and was kind of blown away by the amazing things that Mobileye is working on, both in the past and the things you have going for 2023. So I'd love to chat about all the fantastic uh, work going on at Mobileye. Great. Um, first, one of the the thing, first things he talked about, which I thought was just amazing, is the number of cars using the Mobileye chip. And he kind of said, "You guys don't talk about that so much because you don't do the big announcements with OEMs." Could you just give our li- listeners a sense of sort of how widespread your technology is right now? So our technology is uh, in around seventy percent of the cars worldwide. This is a huge amount of uh, of cars, with millions of cars, with our front facing chip. Uh, doing basic ADAS function. ADAS is advanced driver system. It basically keeps you safe while driving. So it monitors the driver, it looks at the road, it detects lanes, it detects uh, vehicles and pedestrians. It performs autonomous emergency braking when needed. If the uh, human driver is not alerted and the kid run into the into the front of the car, the car will brake auto- autonomously. Uh, it uh, warns the, the uh, driver if uh, the car is going to go outside of the lane or outside, outside of the road edge and stuff like that. And that's what's so incredible is, you know, we talk a lot about autonomous vehicles and their potential for safety, but it's also remarkable when you think about the technology we have now that's in cars now and what a difference that can make for for road safety as well. But Mobileye is doing both, right? You are both working on ADAS. Could you talk a little bit about sort of the um, breadth of your products? Yeah, so we are we are looking at, uh, at autonomous uh, driving as a spectrum, starting from the basic ADAS functions that just keeps us safe and uh, going through a uh, through supervision system, which is uh, a, a car that drives by, by itself and the human monitors it until you get to robotaxis where there is no driver at all in the car. The car can drive either by being empty or by, by having only passengers in the back seat. Um, so we are doing all the spectrum and we have a lot of experience and therefore we think that the right approach to tackle the problem of autonomous driving is not by a moonshot, but instead of leveraging what we already know and we already validated and we already, already understand and make firm uh, progress and uh, and going being better and better and better, getting the confidence that the cars are safe enough to take more responsibility from the driver to the system. Basically, we can think about uh, two options uh, in in uh, in cars. One option is that uh, the human is driving, and the system supervises his actions or her actions. The other uh, option is that the system is driving, and the human uh, uh, and the human supervises the system. And we are moving in ADAS from the first to the second. So supervision is an example where the system is driving, is fully capable of driving everywhere. But the human still needs to supervise the system. And then you get experience of how good is the system. 
while the human monitors it in order to make sure that we are still safe. And gradually, the system becomes better and better, and we add more compute and more sensors. And ultimately, we are getting to, um, uh, to full autonomy, but in a gradual manner. So for example, starting um, from 2026, we will have um, we will have cars that will be uh, that, uh, in which you will be able to activate the system and have eyes off the system in certain situations. For example, in highways. So imagine your commute uh, from home to work. Suppose that you uh, most of your compute is uh, over a highway. Then you are driving by by yourself, or you are monitoring the system that drives by itself from your home until you go on the highway. Once you're on the highway, you can read the emails, you can read a book, you can watch a movie uh, until you go off the highway. And then you, you need, again, to supervise the system until you get to work. It's a huge comfort for, and, and you basically buy your time back. You get your time back. That's exactly right. And, and part of what I thought was interesting at the press conference, you know, we talk so much in the industry about the SAE levels. And, and I think that's a really, really useful formulation for the industry. But it's hard when we're talking about the public. And what we do at PAVE is trying to educate the public. And I, I really thought Mobileye was taking an interesting um, kind of twist on that, making it more understandable. Could, can you talk a little bit about how you all are seeing the levels of technology? Yes, so we, we, we thought uh, indeed that uh, the SAE taxonomy is maybe not adequate for the general public. And instead, we are talking about uh, three axes. Uh, one axis is hands-on or hands-off. Okay, so some systems, you are actually driving, the human is driving, the hand is on the wheel, and uh, and, the, and the system maybe supervise, supervises the actions of the human for safety. In uh, other systems, uh, the hands are off. So basically, the system drives itself and the human only supervises it. The other axis is eyes on or eyes off. In eyes on, the human needs to supervise the system. In eyes off, the human doesn't need to supervise the system. But it still needs to be in the car because the car cannot uh, work properly in all cases. So it needs to be there in order to take control, but not immediately. Uh, so, for example, as I mentioned before, highway. So on the highway, you can read emails, you can watch a movie, uh, but he knows that once you are going off the highway, you, you need to, to be alerted again. Okay, so eyes on is you are alerted and you are supervising the system. Eyes off is the system is capable enough to drive by itself. And the last axis, the third axis, is driver on or driver off. So do we have it all a driver in the car or not? Because if we have a driver in the car, then we can talk about only in highways, driving only only in highways, and then the human needs to supervise the system. But if there is no driver at all in the car, then the system should be capable of driving everywhere. You know, one thing I'm kind of curious about your um, thoughts on is I totally understand this incremental approach. And I think it makes a lot of sense. The hard part, I think, what we see now is when there's consumer confusion. You know, as cars can do more and more sophisticated things um, for people to become overly reliant and for them, as soon as the car is capable of of doing some tasks for people to think, OK, the car can drive itself now. How, how are you approaching approaching that challenge? That, that's a great question. And uh, and, it, and indeed, uh, I want to uh, emphasize uh, why I think that combination of human machine is actually safer and better than human alone or machine alone. Okay, so uh, arguably, if we have both human and both the machine, both are 
uh, allergic to the road, then we get a better a better overall driving and safer overall driving than if only the human or only the, the system drives by itself. Uh, the, the human and machines have different modes of failure. Human can, you know, get sleep, uh, fall asleep, uh, while uh, machines have different problems of uh, edge cases, corner cases, a different, a different stuff that is not difficult for you. Okay, so we want a combination of human and machine. And the question how to do it in the best possible way. So in ADAS functions, where the human hands on, then actually the human is driving and the machine helps by supervising the human. Okay? In hands off, the, the system is driving and the human needs to supervise it. And the question is, how can we make sure that indeed we get a human and machine that working together to a safer driving and, and the human will not fall asleep because he's not mean, he doesn't need to drive. So he will just, you know, ignore the whatever is going on. Exactly. So one approach that the industry did, which we believe that it is not a good approach, is asking the human to touch the wheel from once in a while. Okay. Um, so we, we think it's not a good approach. It's not a good approach. First, it's annoying. Uh, who is driving? If if the system is driving, why is it? Why is the human needs to put uh, uh, hands on the right. Second, it's um, uh, it's uh, very easy for for people to uh, fool the system. Uh, so people bought all sorts of hands. Uh, fake hands and uh, <laughs> sure. put them on the on the steering wheel. So it's 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 not a good solution. A better solution, we believe in a better solution, which is called DMS driver monitoring system. It's a camera mm -hmm. that is installed in the front of the of, of the windshield and right. looks on the eyes okay. of, of the, the human driver. They are just making, this system is just making sure that the human is looking at, at the road. Now, the human can relax, you know, listen to music, maybe talking on the phone, maybe from time to time for a short while, looking Flat a little time. bit, but, but, um, but, but overall it needs to be alert to the driver. It doesn't need to, to touch the steering wheel. It doesn't need to uh, uh, to touch the throttle or the, or the braking pedals. Um, it's just sitting, relaxing, listening to music, but looking at what's what's going on. We think that this is a good combination of human plus machine because the machine is doing all the work. Mm -hmm. The human needs to supervise it and someone supervise the human to make sure that he is supervising the, the, uh, the system. Unlike the, um, uh, the other approach of uh, asking the, the human driver to touch the wheel from once in a while, first, you don't know, maybe he's touching the wheel and looking at his smartphone. He's not alerted to the drive. The, the right way to check that the human is alerted is to see his eyes, to see that he's looking outside of the house. And then what happens if the system sees that the eyes are not tracking the road? Does it so make the, a sound, or how does it alert the, the human to alert the human by making a sound, making a sound, annoying okay. him until he's <laughs> looking. And if he is not looking at some point, the system just starts to stop. Okay. Right. So the, the system is, will slow down and, and stop on the side. So again, because our system is fully capable, it can also stop on the side. Okay. So so you, you can stop safely if, if the human, so uh, I mean, even human can might have a, a health problem or something right, prevents right. him from from looking at the this the, the system the supervision system can now fully to stop on the shoulder it's very very safe and right. wait until the, the human uh, will will be engaged again in the, in the in supervising the system 
Okay. Another thing I'd kind of just like to, to hear you talk about a little bit that I thought was really interesting was how Mobileye is approaching kind of robo-taxis versus consumer autonomous vehicles differently. And in the press conference, um, they talked about how there are pros and cons of both. Um, could you just kind of talk a little bit about how you're seeing those two different deployments um, and kind of what the pros and cons are in each situation? Yes, sure. So uh, the main difference between robotaxi and consumer ABS is a question. Do we have a driver, someone with a driving license in the car or not? In robotaxi, we don't have someone with a driving driver license in the car. In consumer AV, we do. Now, how, how does it make the problem different? Um, in in uh, robotaxi, because there is not, nobody in the car, there, there may be nobody in the car, nobody with a driving license, the car should have what we call full ODD. Uh, ODD is operational design domain. So it's where the car is capable of driving by itself. Uh, if there is no driver at all, the, the car should be able to drive everywhere. You cannot say that it will drive only on highways because what will happen once we go off the highway? Okay, so it needs to, to, to drive highway urban everywhere. Okay, so this is one different uh, difference between consumer AV and robotaxi. The other difference uh, um, for, for between um, um, consumer AV and, uh, and, and robotaxi is that in robotaxi, it makes sense to have uh, what we call a geofenced area. So we can say this robotaxi operates only in a certain uh, area in a certain city. This, yeah, this 10 square miles of the city or exactly. something. Okay. Mm -hmm. But we can't, you, you can't do it in, in, uh, in consumer AV because I bought this car and I don't live in this 10 square area. Okay, so consumer AV is harder in the sense that it needs to work in every geography. Robotaxi is harder because it needs to work in every ODD. To do everything, right. Okay, so this is a difference. And, and it, it uh, means a lot of, uh, it has a lot of implications on, on how you design the system. Absolutely. You know, and then another point that he brought up in the press conference yesterday that I thought was really interesting is he, he talked a little bit about AV sentiment. And, you know, we talk a lot about the, the um, kind of how it swings back and forth, you know, the whole, um, you know, hype cycle. And um, he said that, you know, we went from, it was going to happen immediately. And, and he said, so now, you know, 2050 or something. And I thought it was an interesting take. He said that's positive in a way. Can you can you describe why that is? So so whenever you see um, delays or significant delays in development of some technology, uh, so we see this pendulum, we see this uh, swing, mood swings, in, yep. mainly by investors and also maybe by the general public. Because, okay, we thought that by 2021, we will see uh, robotaxis and it was delays. Now we see some robotaxis, uh, but but maybe not in every city in America. Mm -hmm. And so so you see delay, you say, oh, it's going to take a long time. It's much more complicated than we thought. And people need to understand that when you are tackling a very, very complicated technological uh, project, it is uh, very reasonable that there, there, there will be some delays. Delays are not only from the technological perspective, they are also from the regulation perspective, and they are also from the business side perspective. Maybe you figured out how to build a robotaxi, but the robotaxi that you built is too expensive, and then you cannot deploy it uh, everywhere. So, so there are many, many obstacles. Um, 
we, uh, as we understand um, uh, the technology and, and the landscape, we are more optimistic because we see that, you know, we made a huge, not, not only us as Mobileye, but the uh, industry as, as a whole made a huge progress in the development of uh, autonomous uh, driving capabilities. It's, it's really amazing to see what's, what, is, what is possible today, both with our own products, if you, if you look at the supervision, for example, to just to imagine a car that can drive itself everywhere and you can buy for a reasonable price. It's amazing. Uh, who thought about it uh, 10 years ago? Uh, it really looks like uh, science fiction. Uh, also, other companies, you see that they already has, uh, have a, a, a service in, Yes, in certain areas, in certain geographic areas, maybe in certain hours, but it's amazing to see that there is a service. There are you can you know go to a robot taxi from point A to point B and you arrive safely. And overall, we see that these systems are safe and they are doing what what they are intended to do. So uh, this 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 should tell people that there is progress. Things are progressing, and you know when when you build a, a building, okay, there is still new technology. Almost always there are delays. They never finish the building in time. Okay, so it, it is expected that there are delays. Uh, but but all all in all, we see a, a great progress in the technology, and uh, I think that uh, the public can be optimistic about uh, about the future of autonomous driving. Absolutely, and that brings kind of one additional thing I wanted to ask you about that I thought was really interesting. He was talking about how you know, mobilized doing all this work and all this test and all these miles and, and is obviously incredibly confident in the product. And, but he was saying, but kind of proving it to yourself is different than proving it to the public and regulators. And and so, um, and, and kind of how you're approaching that challenge of, of, of proving the, the safety and success. Can you talk a little bit about that as well? Yes, sure. I, th- I think it's a, it's a very important topic. How can you be uh, transparent to the public in the sense of what exactly are you going to guarantee for for this autonomous car? What what does it mean that the car is safe? And back then, when I started uh, at Mobileye to uh, to work on uh, on uh, autonomous driving uh, towards autonomous vehicles, the first thing uh, that bothered me was exactly this question. And there are many elements of this question. One of them is very interesting: is is the element of the decision making. Uh, so, the, in, in mainly in uh, in robotic tasks, um, in robotic tasks, we we usually talk about uh, about the three tasks uh, that every robot needs to fulfill. Uh, the first one is uh, sense, understand. Uh, what is around it? We call it a perception layer. So you want to know that there are cars here, there are pedestrians here, where is the road? Understanding the surrounding. Then there is planning, decision making. What do I want to do? And then there is execution, acting, actually moving the steering wheel, moving the throttle and the and the brake pedals in order to fulfill what you want to do. So um, for the perception layer, there is ground truth. Either there is a car in front of me or not. There is no, right. uh, um, uh, there's, there's no, there is no doubt about what is a reality. Maybe the, the system didn't work, but there is no doubt. But in the decision making, there is no one option of what is the right decision. So think think about uh, think about the, the decision of uh, you want uh, to merge uh, in an unprotected turn or right. to take a, to take a left turn when uh, uh, you need to yield. Right. Um, so 
can can I go or should I yield? Some people will go, some people will yield. It's not there is no uh, ground truth. Right. Uh, so so the question is, uh, what what does it mean to be safe in in such cases? On, there is a, an inherent trade-off. On one hand, you can be super safe and uh, you know wait for for a long tra- for a long time until it's fully fully clear. But then you will block traffic. You people, wait forever. <laughs> yeah, wait forever, or or will block block traffic, which which is not safe by itself because right. people will be annoyed and they will overtake you, and mm-hmm. it, it's not an acceptable thing. But on the other hand, if you need to make progress, so what does it mean that you are safe enough? How safe is safe yes, enough? Exactly. Yep. So we tackled exactly this question in order to come up with a transparent model to the public of uh, of uh, safety what what does it mean to be safe and we came up with a model which we call rss rss is our acronym for responsibility sensitive safety okay and the idea of the model is to be very very open and transparent on what it makes sense to assume on the behavior of other agents in the road if other drivers or other pedestrians and, and and what is not acceptable and basically what we are saying that if you state your assumptions in a transparent way and you guarantee that if your assumptions are correct then you are not going to, to do any any for play then uh, then it's it's a transparent model of uh, of safety we actually came to regulator with this idea and there was acceptance there is a committee uh, that uh, makes makes a standard out of it this is for the decision making part um, so I, I think it's uh, it's very interesting to, to think about it all, not only in driving because it's actually in all our decision making in life. When you want to take a vaccine, how safe is safe enough? Uh, exa- again, there is there are uh, trade offs between you want to stop the, the COVID and you want to be safe, that your vaccine is safe. Uh, and and every day, so it's very important to be very transparent about about the decision making. Uh, now back to the perception. This is what I mentioned in, in, in the talk yesterday. Um, so there are facts. There is a car in front of you, and or, or there isn't. Okay. Right. And, and the question is, how do you come to the public and state exactly what is your accuracy? What is the probability that you will fail to recognize something important on the road? And in terms of development. Uh, so we, we have many many mechanisms to uh, to do a, a good engineering ideas like uh, developing two redundant subsystems. So I uh, one is based on cameras and one one is one is based on lidar. I I often talk about it like having a, a an iPhone and an Android in in your pocket so oh, that if one of them is failing the other one still works. Okay, and since these are it's not like having two iPhones in. In your in your pocket because maybe there is a problem with the iPhone currently and then both of them will fail at the same time. You want divergence in in diversity in, in the two systems. Interesting. So this is how we think about it. But so it's 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 a good principle and this is what is using uh, it's being used in engineering all around in aviation, for example, how you design airplanes, how you make sure that they are that they are robust. You build redundant systems. Yeah. But it's still not proof, fact, transparent to the uh, to the public to say, okay, so you built two redundant subsystems, but can you prove me? Can you prove to me what is the probability that both of them will fail? 
and we can estimate, but we need to, to give a number. Right. So, so the idea is that we want to be very responsible and very uh, transparent about this number. Mm -hmm. And the way to do it is exactly if you think about developing autonomous uh, vehicles in a, an incremental way and not, you know, as a moonshot. So right. if you develop the system and you say at the first phase, driver needs to be eyes on. <laughs> this is a very same system. This system is capable, actually, we believe it is capable, actually, to be eyes off. But before we make it eyes off, we require by the driving monitoring system that the human will supervise the system for a certain amount of pe uh, period of time, okay? And then after uh, 100,000 vehicles are driving with the system for a few months, you can give exactly the number of what is the probability that this system is safe. And then you can go to your customers, the very own customers that are driving the car and tell them, you know, now I can tell you the number, okay? Now make a decision. Do you want to trust this uh, vehicle or not? Okay, this is the number I give you. Right. It's based on you and all of your friends that are driving this car, okay? So together I give you an exact number. So we believe in transparency to the public in the decision-making. So every human can make the decision, okay, this is safe enough. Of course, the regulator have to say, is uh, uh, the minimum thing is that the regulator needs to say because sure. I mean, maybe I trust the system, but I, I'm going to hit someone else. So it's not my decision alone. Right. But but also for the regulator, we want to give him a number. Okay, this is a number. Is it good enough? And then the public through the regulators should have a say about what is safety number. So you're saying when you're doing this incremental system, each step you're proving and then um, and with real, real world data, which is incredible. Exactly. <laughs> so interesting. And again, what we're trying to talk about all day is, is public trust and building public trust. So I thought it was so interesting to kind of hear the, the scientific way of proving that instead of just, you know, giving people anecdotes. And, and that was phenomenal. Um, I think this is unique to mobilize because from day one, we said that autonomous driving should be transparent to the public. Safety should be transparent to the public. Safety sure. is not an IP of a certain uh, of a certain company. Right. It should be something that we we need to to say exactly and transparently what exactly we mean. Amazing. Yeah, incredible work you're all doing. Thank you so much for joining us um, and, and enjoy your time here at CES. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The PaveCast, hosted by Partners for Automated Vehicle Education. To learn more about this and other topics related to automated vehicles, visit our website at pavecampaign.org.